0: is Jonathan Nato and I'm in Putnam, Connecticut.
1: Hey everybody, my name is Hamad Zaidi, and I'm in sunny and beautiful Redondo Beach, California.
0: And this is Limping on Cloud 9.
1: It is, man. Today I want to talk about a time when I was 12 to 16 years old. Okay. When I hung out at Simply, hands down, the coolest record store on the planet. Nice. Right? And the story is not just about a record store. It's about other things, as all of our stories are.
0: Any time you mention a record store, anyone mentions like a record store, like a music store. All I can ever think about is that movie High Fidelity.
1: I love that movie, and you know what? It's I'm glad you reminded me of that because we will put a clip of that movie <laughs> on our on our website when this podcast goes up.
0: One of my favorite scenes in that movie is when the guy's like, uh, "Hi, I'm looking for." Um, uh, Stevie Wonder, I just call to say I love you, and and uh, I think it was one of Jack Black's first parts in a movie. And, right, it, and, I think it was his first and part. And he was like, "I'm sorry, is she in a coma?" And he was like, "Excuse me," and like he like, "I just love how they're like totally music snobs and like insult everyone that comes to the store. Like that's totally how I would have been when I was like 18 working in a record store."
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I love that movie. In fact, his character, and I can't remember where, but hit that particular character was listed as one of the top 10 side characters in any movie
0: no Canon. i could i could definitely see that because it was hilarious that that yeah. character was hilarious
1: no that was really cool <laughs> so let me tell you about tiger records yeah in the summer of 1980 we were right in the middle of the iran hostage crisis yeah and as people know who listen to this podcast, I grew up in Overland Park, Kansas, where it was 99.999999999% white, <laughs> right? So all of my friends always treated me awesome, and the community was really nice. Overland Park was and still is a place where you say hello to your neighbor when you see them, Yeah. and when you walk down the sidewalk, strangers say hi to you.
2: Right, right.
1: It, it's an awesome place. Yeah. However, being brown during that time had its issues. Right? Yeah. So, I would we had just moved a couple of years earlier to that part of town which was I can't say it was the nice part of town, but it was the safe and clean and decent part of town.
2: Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely.
1: It wasn't like the enormous homes, it wasn't that. It was nice Midwestern family house. Yeah, right? So I'm riding my bike around and I see this place. that says Tiger Records. And I'm like, I love records. Let's go in. I go in, man, and it was just a cornucopia of just rock and roll.
0: That's
1: cool. I mean, posters on the walls. Every inch of the wall was a different poster.
2: Yeah.
1: They had um, a DJ booth in the corner in the back. That's cool. Yeah, and they had these four incredibly beautiful women working for them, right? Yeah. And so it almost seemed like it was an unreal place. You walk in there and you've got these really tall, gorgeous women working at a record store, right? Yeah. So I started to loiter there.
0: (laughs) A lot. For a few reasons. (laughs) (laughs) For multiple reasons.
1: But the funny thing about it is... I'm I'm sure because of my disability, they didn't think I had friends, which I did. I mean I still have, I'm I'm still great friends with all the people I was friends with back then. Yeah. But they just kinda of felt sorry for me.
0: Right. Like, oh so, poor poor kid, let's let him hang out and listen to records yeah, and
1: Right. Yeah. And the thing is, I love classic rock. I mean now it's called classic rock. Back then it was just rock. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That means that we're just so much older now. <laughs> but, but and I've always been a trivia guy. So when I was in the store, I'd, I'd say, oh, yeah, Pink Floyd's Dark Tie of the Moon. You know, that was produced by Alan Parsons, right, from yeah. the Alan Parsons Project. And yeah. they're like, where do you get all this stuff? And it's because I'd listen to Rock Line at night. I'd listen to Casey Kasem's Top 40 every week. I, I love music. Yeah. Right? And so what wound up happening is I was never an official employee. Never. But after loitering there a long time, they came to me and they said, listen, you know, we, we can't pay you because you're, you're like <laughs> <laughs> 12. <Right? laughs> too, you're too young to have a job. But if you find yourself in these parts and you want to like, you know, put the albums that are out of order back in order, we'll do um, some things for you. Like... They got a bunch of promotional posters. Mm. You know, when a new album came out, the record company always sends posters to the record stores? Yeah, yeah. Dude, they must have given me 50 to 100 posters over the years. Oh,
2: man, that's cool.
1: I mean, my entire walls of my room, every single wall of my room was covered. That's and cool. I had so many of them, Jonathan. Yeah. I eventually had to cycle them out because <laughs> when a new album came out, I had to yeah. put up right? Yeah. Unbelievable. If I could find a way to put it on the actual ceiling of my room, I would, but you know, I couldn't. It's kind of hard to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what's crazy about it is th- the other thing they taught me there is they had this DJ booth, right? Yeah. So I told them I always wanted to learn how to be a DJ. So they actually taught me, you know, they taught me, I don't know if you know this, but Back then, when you're spinning records, you had to like uh, pull the record back one and a quarter turns backwards. Yeah, right.
0: To give it the the, the run-up time.
1: The run-up time, so it yeah. could catch speed, so it didn't sound gargled.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Before the out, al- before the album or the record started. So it was just a really, really cool time, man. Because it was a uh, a haven of these people that accepted me, that were super, super cool. And super super nice. So then, uh, oh, I haven't told you this before. Can I tell you the um, the uh, the rumors that floated around that place?
0: Oh yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> Rumor number one, that it was a front for the a mafia in Kansas City. <laughs> and you know how there's I, always rumors I, in every I, neighborhood, I right? I,
0: it's funny because it's like I don't I just don't see Italian dudes in you know
1: kansas like no no there are there (laughs) actually are there 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 actually is mafia presence there man there is yeah there is but so that was a rumor everyone had you know like when you're in any neighborhood people say oh that house is haunted or or, or that building with no windows is a mental institution or whatever right yeah
2: yeah
1: this was just one of those rumors okay so when I started hanging out there, I never mentioned it to them because I didn't want them to get mad and to kick me out because right. I loved it so much. Right. But all my friends were like, dude, you hang out there? That's owned by the mob, right? <laughs> and did, so one day... How did they do wh-
0: for business? Was it, I mean, was it pretty busy? I mean, that's when people were buying records and stuff. I mean, was it... You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was
1: really busy. And the reason people said that it was owned by the mob... Two reasons. Reason number one is all of the albums were a lot cheaper okay. than normal. Okay. And I told you this off-air last week, remember? Oh, right. They well, were, it
0: was priced exactly to be $5 after tax.
1: Yes, it was $4.81. Yeah, yeah. When, when other record stores were selling albums at $6.99, yeah. Tiger was selling them for $4.81. So they were using, was,
0: it, they were using it as a uh, money laundering. They are like bringing in dirty money and coming, making it come out clean.
1: Well, we don't know that. But that <laughs> that's that's what some people were saying. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I've ne- I have no, you know.
0: No no proof I have of... a-
1: absolutely no proof yeah, of that. Yeah. So I got to tell you though, man, it was I always wondered why Peaches Records and Streetside Records all sold albums for 6.99 and Tiger sold the same brand new album for 4.81. Yeah. Right? So that's one thing. The other thing is they had one rule for me. You know what that was?
0: Stay out of the back.
1: Stay out of the back. <laughs> Under- that was a guess.
0: That was, a guess. <laughs> no, was
1: it? Under no circumstances can you ever go in the back.
0: Yeah, that, that's a little, uh, that, that raises a few red flags. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, you know, I, I was like, and the other funny thing about Tiger Records is Hamad did not roll off their tongue.
0: Oh, d- Tell me they called you Hammond.
1: No, no, no. no none, they didn't even try. They're like, they're all really, really sweet people. Yeah. But Hamad did not roll off the tongue. Yeah. So they're, they're like, Hamad, just not it's not easy for us. What can we call you? And I said, well, my last name is Zadie. So they called me Mr. Zadie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and to this day, and if I find it, I know I have it in storage. To this very day, for my 15th birthday, they had I mean, my parents paid for it, but they arranged yeah. a Tiger Records satin jacket Dude, that's with, cool. with the logo on back, you know, the big Tiger yeah. logo on back, and Mr. Zadie on front.
0: Man, that's cool.
1: Silver satin jacket, black logo on back, right? Yeah. And one of these days when I do go to my storage that's up by my parents an hour and a half north of where I am. Yeah. I'm going to dish it out, take it out, put it on. It still fits me. That tells you how I haven't grown much. much. (laughs) How much you've grown. (laughs) Right? But here's the thing about that place, man. It's one of the places in my childhood that treated me completely normal. Mm, mm. They never questioned my disability. Yeah, they, they never said I couldn't do certain things. And I was always so honored because they'd be like, OK, Mr. Zadie, we've got this crate of albums and, you know, they need to be put away. And I love doing it, man, because I love doing it. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and you know, we're talking about Billy Joel's Glass Houses, the Rolling Stones, Tattoo You, you know, uh, Journey's Escape, REO Speedwagon's uh, High Infidelity. These are all albums that I loved. Yeah. Queen's great, Queen's Greatest Hits, Yeah. Ru- Rush, oh, yeah. 2112, right? Oh, yeah. And so as I'm putting them away, I'm figuring out, you know, what albums to get, right? Yeah. Because they never paid me. So what they do is I'd work my butt off and they gave me posters and every now and then they gave me albums. That's cool. Right? So guess what else they did for me, man?
0: Please tell me they got you like concert tickets or something.
1: Dude, not just concert tickets. They hooked me up. I mean, they hooked me up. Because
0: back then that's that's where you had to go to buy tickets. I mean, there, I think there was ticketmaster, but no No, nope. no ticketmaster back okay, then. Okay, okay.
1: That ages me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is prior to Ticketmaster. This is when record stores, like you were about to say, they each had their own allotment. Isn't yeah, that what you're gonna yeah. say?
0: Well, yeah, I remember even, like, you know, not maybe 10 years past that, you, you, I remember there being, like, strawberries in the next town, and that's where you'd go to get tickets, too. You know, for, like, shows that were going to be in the area, you'd buy tickets at Strawberries.
1: I remember Strawberries. That's really cool. I do remember Strawberries. There's also Peaches. I wonder if that was the same company.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, the, around, over here on the East Coast, there was, like, Record Town, Strawberries, uh, For Your Entertainment, Maybe one or two other ones that I...
1: I... I remember Record Town and Strawberries when I used to visit the... When my parents used to live in the East Coast and when I was at Ryder College. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, the first concert I ever went to was with Dolly, and it was the Jay Giles Band when they did the, their Freeze Frame tour. Okay, okay. The, the year they had that number one song, Centerfold. Yeah, yeah. And I think you are going to ask me how much the tickets were?
0: No, no. How much older was, is Dolly than you? Two years? Three years? something. Like three that? years. Okay.
1: Three years. Which is important because when we started going to concerts, she already had a driver's license.
0: Right. That's what I was wondering. Like she must have just had her license or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So my first concert was when I was 14. Nice. And I saw it two weeks later. We saw Rod Stewart. Okay. And then it was, the gates fell open, man. I mean, the gates opened up and Tiger, Tiger never gave me free concert tickets, but they gave me access to the best tickets they had.
0: That's cool. So like you, you were going to buy them, but they would like to totally give you like the absolute best tickets they had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then I had surgery. I, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but it just popped in my mind. But when I was 16 years old, I had surgery on my left hand. Oh, because right. And
0: that made everything worse. That made my yeah. left hand even worse than it was that before. The, You mentioned that one right. of the podcasts, yeah.
1: So my left hand got much worse than it was, you know, when I had my accident at six months old.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I guess what I'm trying to say is Tiger Records was an oasis that just treated me normal. Yeah. Which is why I went back there so much.
0: Right, that makes sense. You know? Yeah.
1: And here's the other, the only downside to Tiger, there was no downside to that place because it was amazing. But everyone thought that I was like a druggie because I hung out there all the time. <laughs> Seriously. And the thing is, I always told all everybody, I'm like, no, 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 That's not me. I just drink Dr. Pepper and I eat peanut M&Ms and that's it. Yeah. That's my diet. Yeah. And they're like, no way, dude. You go to so many concerts, we see a different rock shirt on your back like every other week. Right, And yeah. I did go to a lot of concerts. I mowed a lot of lawns and I went to a lot of concerts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot. And and some of my most famous ones during that time, well, one we all know about because you and I did a podcast on it when I stole my mom's yeah, Oldsmobile.
2: I love that episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and went to Wichita to see the firm with a kid named Chip and some nice young girl that we they met you at, picked the up at the mall.
2: At the mall,
1: No, that was great. I saw, God, just so many. I saw Journey Escape, you know, Rush. You know, can I tell you the one day that everybody was pissed off? Mm. I think it was 1983. I think it was the Rush Signals Tour. Yep. And everybody was up in arms. Tell me why.
0: 83, Signals Tour. I'm not sure.
1: They were up in arms I was only because five.
0: I was only five then. So
1: okay, well, all right. <laughs> they were up in arms because the concert tickets mm. went up by two dollars. Really? They were fifteen or fourteen dollars instead of twelve or thirteen dollars. Man, right? And it was just, it was, it was just really awesome, man. It was just incredible because. Rush was good, but other concerts that I totally remember, Jonathan, mm. Thanksgiving night, 1983, me, Dolly, and our other sister, Mona, we all went to the Police Synchronicity Tour. Oh, man. It was unreal, man. On Thanksgiving night. That it
0: must was,
1: have been cool. You know, Steve Miller Band, Under the Stars, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Eric Clapton, just, just everyone that I still love today. I got to see back then just because I used to hang out at this place. That's cool. You know, and of course I'm remembering all this stuff now because I'm writing the, uh, you know, the Olympian Cloud Nine screenplay. Yeah, yeah. There's some scenes from, you know, in this movie I'm going to call it Jaguar Records. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, it's pretty wild. So have you had a place that you remember hanging out at as a kid that just a place that would just get you to gravitate toward?
0: Man, I grew up in like a pretty small town, so there wasn't anything cool like that around really. I mean, I don't, nothing's really jumping out at me. I mean, I don't know, the friends I used to hang out with, you know, regularly, they, you know, like I get what you're saying, how they didn't look at you differently or whatever. They, you know, hey, pick up these crates of records and put them over there. Like they weren't going to be like, okay can you do this or what you know so the friends that were around me all the time were like hey john can do whatever he wants i mean
1: there's no you you know it's funny you know your friends remind me of who's that my mom and she's always complaining about this podcast you know that
0: (laughs) yeah you were telling me that the other day actually
1: She's like, I never raise you to be disabled. And I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm I'm not a victim, Mom. I'm just sharing stories. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, she goes, no, no. I raise you just like anybody else. And I said, I know. I say it on my podcast all the time that you and Dad raised me like I had no deficiencies, which is exactly why I'm the person I am today.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: Right? Yeah. And she's like, so why are you talking about being disabled? And I'm like, because... I am disabled. <laughs> right, right. She's <laughs> like, but we don't treat you that way. And I'm like, well, you treat me how you treat me, but I'm still disabled.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, and, and and I look back thinking that I wouldn't want it any other way, any other way. Because if I was raised any other way, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I, I mean, my my mom was the same way. Like, pff, you know, I'm not going to put any kind of limitation on him, you know, and I'm not going to, she didn't, like, treat me in a kind of special way or whatever, like, you know, I just, I was a blind kid who could see and then couldn't see, and she treated me the same way on both ends of, the, of those situations.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny, and you know what's funny is, I think that when you are raised with deficiencies like you and I are. Mm-hmm. One of two things can happen. And I know that we both know people on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Either you just embrace it, enjoy it, and move on, or you get really bitter.
0: Right. And then you have an excuse for everything. Oh, I can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I wish I could do that or I can't do that because of this. Like, yeah, there's no middle ground from what I've seen. You either use it to your abilities or, you know, like you said, embrace it and move on or it's just a crutch for the rest of your life, and you just are a miserable person who complains about everything.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny because when I was dating, and even when I first met Shahina, and when I first met my in-laws, I mean, they're not fans. <laughs> 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 they're, they're, they're not, in the, Hamad, uh, in, the, uh, they're
0: not in the Hamad ZD fan club. They're not in the fan <laughs> club. In fact, they
1: wouldn't even take a free membership to the fan club. <laughs> But when – and you know what? I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm going to leave that in because it's true. But I'll tell you, when Shaheena first said, hey, my parents kind of have an issue with you. Yeah. I'm like, hey, sweetie, they can take their pick, right? Yeah. Because if it's my disability they're upset about, I can't change it. Yeah. If it's my height, you know, because I'm 5'4", I can't change it. Right. And if it's a fact that I'm not a physician, I can't change it. So to me, I already have three strikes, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, exactly.
1: (laughs) So after three strikes, I'm not going to try to be somebody I'm not. I'm just going to be myself and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally.
1: But then that's kind of like, you know, when we did our first podcast, like 120 podcasts ago.
0: Yeah.
1: What's the first thing that you and I said? In the first podcast, you remember what we were saying? Hey, look, our attitude is if we can have these issues and live the fun, positive, amazing lives that we live, then anyone can do anything.
0: Totally. Absolutely. It's all about, you know, mindset and drive, really.
1: Yeah, it's true. And as uh, (laughs) as my dad told me once and. I didn't take it as a compliment at the time, but now (laughs) it's one of my favorite, favorite quotes of all time. I'm like, years ago, I'm like, Dad, do you ever think I'm going to write and direct a big film or a film that does really, really well? Because I've I've produced a handful of indie things, and and I love what I've done so far, but I've always wanted to direct one, right? And he goes, son, let me tell you something. You will do it. You will do it. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, Dad. You're just saying that because you're my dad. And then he was in a good mood, right? And yeah. he, he goes, son, he goes, somebody will be smart enough or stupid enough to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he said that. I love that. Yeah, when he said that, I remember – um Years later, I was writing a Going Bionic article, you know, the, the, yeah. the uh, column I used to write for Film Threat.
2: Yeah.
1: I was writing that, and I remember coming up with a line, and I can't give myself credit for it because I think that it stemmed from what my dad said.
2: Yeah.
1: But the line is, there's a fine line between stupidity and genius. And the only genius I've ever been graced with is that I'm too stupid to give up on my childhood dreams. There you go, right?
0: Yeah. Totally.
1: And so again, we've taken a left turn down the. Yeah, uh, I'll, the I'll, I'll bring. I'll,
0: it, be, I'll bring it back around the, to Tiger Records. You okay. know, I, as we were talking about Tiger Records, I, I'm picturing something in my mind. Like I'm totally like you're gonna have to do this after you work on Limping on Cloud Nine. This will be kind of like the, you know, your the next uh, film that you do. It'll, it'll
1: the next film that we do,
0: yeah. That'll be tied, in, you know, actually, it'll be tied into Limping on Cloud Nine, so it's gonna have to be a Tiger Records movie. And I'm this is what I'm picturing totally in the kind of like the same vein of like clerks meets high fidelity.
1: Oh, dude, and you know what's funny that. That would be really fun. I've always wanted to do a Tiger Records movie because there's so much went on there that I'm not even sharing right now. Because,
0: at, because after, you know, people see Glimping on Cloud 9, Tiger Records will be, the, the movie will be, or Jaguar Records. That will yeah. be, be kind of like the follow-up to, hey, l- look at all this zany stuff that happened to Hamad at, at Jaguar Records.
1: Yeah, and you know what's funny is i got to tell you. I've got to tell and, you. And wait,
0: wait, wait. And I, and I won't say it, but you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And in this movie, there will absolutely definitely be a scene that you and I talked about in this movie.
1: <laughs> right. That's true. No, there would be. There, there would be. So, you know how you have moments that you don't forget? Yeah. I remember in 83, 84, Tiger taught me how to spin records, right? Mm. In, like, 1980. So for four years, I'd go in there and go into their DJ booths and spin records. Yeah. So I remember when uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller came out. Oh, yeah. And they got a promotional copy. Mm. Right before the actual release.
2: Yeah.
1: And they go, hey, Mr. Zadie, put this on and listen to this and tell us what you think. And I remember playing it in the store.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, Eat It, Bad, Pretty, White, Pretty yeah. Young Thing, all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And when they when it was done, I'm like, ah, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. And they go, What do you mean you don't hear it? And I said, Nah, it's not gonna work. This will be a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I think you're missing on this one, big guy. I think you're missing on this one. And then it became like the largest, you know, like selling. selling album of all time.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> At the time, it was the largest album of all time.
0: There had to be like, because I was thinking like that, that had to be kind of like those. U- usual customers that would come in like you know stereotypical kind of guys like you know oh man the new Rush, you know like t- you know whatever the new Rush album's out like Rush guys come in and buy the Rush oh, album, yeah. yeah you know and then there's like maybe the Grateful Dead kind of guys that are coming in or you know the Kiss guys or girls that come in and buy the Kiss albums and you know and then there's always kind of like that music snob who knows everything and is like you know, oh, why did you put this record next to this one? They don't belong together. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I could just picture this, all, all of these all of these little things that went on, you know.
1: There was a lot of that. And the one thing that there was also is they never hired anybody, Tiger. Mm, mm. Right? They just had the four it was, it was three or four women that worked there. Yeah. Right? And that's it. Hmm. And I had actually seen on a Facebook group somewhere that there was a man that also worked there, but I never met the guy. Okay. I only knew the uh, I only knew Donna and Karen and Lori, uh, that, that worked there. So, well, he was, here's he a, was probably in the back well, room. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's true. So, so getting to the back room, one day, man, I had to I had to go to the bathroom so bad, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And there was a movie theater right next door to Tiger. Like Tiger was in the strip mall. Yeah there was a movie theater right next door. Okay. And I usually just went into the movie theater to go to the bathroom because Tiger told me I could never go back to the back room. Right. And one day I go into the movie theater to to go to the bathroom and the guy that worked there is like, dude, you know what? You can't really use your bathroom if you're not going to a movie. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: So I went back to Tiger right next door and I thought, you know, I've been here a couple of years. You're not going to do anything. I I go back, dude, into the back room, and I walk into a a drug deal.
0: No, you didn't.
1: I do. Not a big one, but just some guy buying pot, right? I'm not like a huge, huge, huge thing, but just some dude buying a bag of pot. Man. And I got snapped at and yelled at and asked to go home. Man. And so, of course, I realized why I was never allowed to go back.
0: Right, right.
1: In, in Tiger. But to, to wrap up the story, can I tell you how it ended? Yeah. Dolly had um, uh, handed me down her moped to me. Okay. Which was a very ugly, very bright orange Suzuki FA50 with a white basket on it. Nice. Right? And so the top speed was like 24 miles an hour downhill. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I buzz to Tiger and back. And one day, because there's no cell phones back then. Right. So one day I was home from school, meaning I got back from school and they called the house and I picked up. And one of the women, I think it was Donna, she's like, hey, Mr. Zadie, you need to come to the store right now. And I'm like, OK. So I go to the store and what do I find?
0: And they're moving stuff out? Yes. Oh, man.
1: They're moving stuff out into into the trunks of their cars. Oh, no. And it's, like, hectic. It's like a friend. It's not like a, hey, we're moving.
0: It's like, we need to get out of Dodge.
1: Yes. Right? (laughs) And so I get there, and I'm like, God, what's going on? And she goes, don't ask questions. We don't have time. Go in and take whatever you want. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, any album, any poster, take what you want. And so I had this little white basket in my moped, right? Yeah. I filled it all up with all these albums. And I put posters in between my legs. (laughs) (laughs) And I rode home. And right before I rode home, I go, you know, uh, so what do I do? And she goes, hey, if you want more, come back. So I made like three trips. Man, Three or four trips. And all the vinyl albums I have today are those vinyl albums.
0: No kidding. I mean, how, so, many, how many do you think you snagged?
1: Probably 100. Man. You know? I mean, it depends. Yeah, I've never really counted them. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, a lot of them were the ones that I really wanted, like Sticky Fingers from the Rolling Stones, Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall from Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. All the Beatles stuff, like Eagles Hotel California, right? So I went back several times and when I left, they're like, okay, Mr. Zadie, good knowing you. And that's it, man. I never saw them again,
0: man. I'd have been like, mom, dad, you need to drive down to tanker records right now,
1: (laughs) (laughs) right now, dad, bring the Oldsmobile open up a huge (laughs) chunk. So, so here's what's crazy, and I cannot confirm this at all because I don't think it's true. But you know the whole thing about it being a front for the mafia? Yeah, yeah. Rumor has it, and again, I couldn't find an article on this, so it's probably not true. Rumor has it that it closed because the owner was chopped into pieces. Wow. It, it found in the back of his car, in the trunk of well, his car. Well, I
0: mean, that'll, that'll make you move.
1: So... I don't know what that means, yeah. but but, just an amazing, amazing four-year period where I saw concerts, I gained confidence. And you know what's crazy, what's nuts about it? Of all the, the – and, you know, the time that I walked in on the drug deal was the only time I was back there, so I don't know if that happened a lot or not.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But of all the just pot – and all the guys coming into that store, you know, like the people buying the Kiss albums and the Dead albums and all that. Yeah. I never got into drugs.
2: I know. Never. Funny.
1: And it was all around me, man. I mean, it was everywhere. I always find that weird.
0: Well, I mean, no one ever, it's, uh, it's kind of funny, like it's, it, it, it I, because some people have asked me, like, oh, you never, like, smoke cigarettes or whatever? And I'm like, no, I've never – I mean, it's easier to quit if you don't start. Like, you know, like well,
1: – Yeah, I've never smoked cigarettes either. Yeah. Or, but, you know, we've talked about this. I've never even drank.
0: Yeah. it's I don't, I don't know. It's, I mean, I've drank and done other stuff. But, I mean, cigarettes are is one – well, not the only thing, but one of the many things I haven't done. And it's just – I don't know. but like, never, never appealed to me, I guess. I didn't see what the point of it was, so –
1: well, it's funny you say that. I never saw the point of getting drunk for a concert because you're not going to remember it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's pretty wild, my friend. It's pretty wild. I think we have to... You know what? I'm going to have to watch High Fidelity again.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I will too, but that's yeah, uh, a great show. Actually, I'm going to watch Clerks again too because that, that was pretty hilarious too.
1: Yeah, it was. It really, really, really was. And I'm going to make it a mission to actually go to my storage and find that Tiger Records jacket so I can wear it and take a picture in it. Definitely. now it's pretty awesome. It was awesome. a lot of fun. So that's my story for today.
0: Awesome. Very cool. If you guys want to check us out on limpingatcloud9.com, and you can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, uh, Google Play, all those fun places, every other podcast app in the world we're on. So uh, you should check out lonelysealfilmfestival.com That's around the corner. You can submit your screenplays. You can submit short films, feature films, documentaries, web series, and uh, it's going to be an awesome time. So check out LonelySealFilmFestival.com.
1: Yep, and if you want to reach us, info at Lonely... No. <laughs> I always do it, man, because they both start with L.
0: Exactly. If
1: you, if you want to reach us, please email us at info at limpingoncloud9.com. That's info at limpingoncloud9.com. But, of course... If you do want to email me at info at that will also reach me.
0: There you go. So either way, you'll find us.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, everyone, thank you for listening and downloading. We will talk to you in the next episode. See ya.